0: Welcome back to Who's on the Lord's Side. Today we'll be discussing Christ in the Old Testament. Many believe that God the Father was the one who interacted with ancient Israel personally, the one who appeared and spoke to them, um, and the patriarchs like Moses, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the Bible plainly and absolutely tells us something that's completely different. So that's what I want to discuss today. Please note that there will be a lot of scripture, reading, and also, I'm um, reading from the Jewish Targums and um, some thoughts and discussion as well. So first, I want to go into John chapter one, verse 18. So let's John chapter one, verse 18, where it says that no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him okay so that's no man have seen god that is no one has ever seen god in all his essence since god is a spirit okay the only begotten son or um or yeshua okay he's the only one okay but god in all his essence people have not at the very least seen okay Or laid eyes on. So then I wanted to go to the scripture. um, Also in John. John chapter 5 verse 37. This is the King James version. Chapter 5 verse 37. Which says. And the father himself. Which hath sent me. Hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice. At any time. Nor seen his shape, and this is the Messiah speaking here, in John five and thirty seven. He said, "And the Father Himself, with which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me, and ye neither heard His voice at any time, nor hath seen His shape." So now we're gonna get some more clues. We're like in John six, chapter six, verse forty six. So in John 6 and 46, again, we have the Savior of mankind speaking. Yeshua saying, not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father, meaning no man has ever, 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 ever laid eyes on the Father. Okay, so that's three scriptures that I read to you from the book of John. Two of them are coming from the mouth of the Messiah, the most um, Savior of mankind himself. Okay, but regardless, all three are from Scripture. Now, in 1 Timothy 6 and 14, it says, Our Lord Jesus Christ, who at the due time will be revealed by God, the blessed and only ruler of all, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, whose home is an inaccessible light, inaccessible light, who no man hath seen, and no man is able to see, to him be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Okay. Now, as we can see so far, according to scripture, um, the Father has never been seen by mankind. So who was the one called God? In Hebrew, Elohim, or Lord. In Hebrew, capital y h v h who was that who was that that appeared and spoke to Noah Abraham, Moses, and the others of the Old testament okay we're going to examine that now, but you know all indicators, pointers and signs say that it was um Yeshua of nazareth okay and and that's what we're going to talk about so I'm going to refer to the international standard Bible encyclopedia right now, which is also known as the i s b e and it's going to give us some background information to what the Targums are and where they came from. Because as I said, I will be referring to the Targums to shine some light. So there's a lot that the International Standard Bible Encyclopedias has to say about the Targums. But I'm just going to read this paragraph here, which I feel sums up just so you understand what it is. So, the study of the Targums, according to the ISBE, is of paramount, of, of paramount importance for they reflect early Jewish ideas, customs, and halakha, as well as Jewish interpretation of scripture. Hence, the Targums are relevant sources for the study of the Hebrew Old Testament, not only because they demonstrate how the text was translated, and understood in so much as the way as the LXX, I know that's a number, but I don't know, it, and other ancient Bible translations, but also because the Targums preserve remnants of Jewish thought from late antiquity. In this respect, they can also um, elucidate Jewish life and understanding of scripture from the time of nascent Christianity. And it says pages 727, 728, 729 of volume four of the Targums. Okay, so as the um, ISB points out, the Targums can be helpful in understanding the way first century Jewish people or Jews at the time of Christ would have understood the Hebrew scriptures or how it was translated in their day, how they read it to understand it to me. Okay, so of course, like when we go back to the original translations of the word God, which is Elohim and we have Lord, which is YHVH, um, that's the two terms that are used when 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 you have God or Lord. That's the only two things is God or Lord or Elohim or Y H V H which is also transferred to um Yahweh, Yahweh, Ye- uh um Jehovah, Jehovah, conversing with beings. Okay. But who would this being who would the Jewish contemporaries of that time have understood this person to be? So today we are battling with who is Jesus? Who is God? Are they the same person? Whatever. But what I'm basically saying is in those days, as they were reading as according to the targums, you know what did their scripture as far as their readings, and what did they get as to who they understood this person to be so the targum's going to help us answer that question, so we're going to first examine some old testament appearances of of God and see how the targums interpret those appearances okay in 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 their in those books so first we're going to talk about Hagar's flight into the desert. Okay. Now in Genesis six chapter sixteen and seven. Genesis chapter sixteen and seven. I'm gonna read all the way up to verse thirteen. Okay. It says here, and the angel and the angel of the Lord found her. By a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence comest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to the mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord had heard thy affliction. Okay, And he will be a wild man, and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord, and that spake to her, Thou, God, seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? So 13 says, And she called the name of the Lord that spake to her. So first it says the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, but it says she, the, the, the name of the Lord that speak unto her. Now, we see that Hagar, Hagar in verse 13 called the angel of the Lord, okay? Now, if you go to Genesis 16 and 17 in the Targums, though, and the Targum pseudo Jonathan. In the same cause it says really, really what it is, it's the old testament, okay? So it's the same scripture, same chapter, same 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 book, same chapter, same verse. It reads And the angel of the Lord found her at the fountain of waters in the desert, at the fountain of waters which is in the way to Shagra. And he said, Hagar, handmaid of Sarah, whence comest thou, and where dost thou go? And she said from before Sarah, my mistress, I have escaped. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to thy mistress and be subject under her hand. And the angel of the Lord said to her, multiplying, I will multiply thy sons, which is the prophecy of the nation of the Arabs, which came through her son Ishmael. Multiplying, I will multiply thy sons and they shall not be numbered for a multitude, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, thou art with child, and thou wilt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because thy affliction is revealed before the Lord. And he shall be like the wild ass among men. His hands shall take vengeance of his adversaries, and the hands of his adversaries will be put forth to him to do him evil. And in the presence of all his brethren shall he be commingled and shall dwell. Now here's verse 13. And she gave... Thanks before the Lord, whose word, whose word spake to her, and thus said, "Thou art He who livest and are eternal, who seest but are not seen." Okay, now <clears throat> in Genesis third sixteen and thirteen, and this is the the Jerusalem Targums because they have different ones. They have this the Targum pseudo Jonathan, the, the um, Jerusalem Targum, and then. They have the Targum Onolekos. It says 16 and 13 translated this way. And Hagar gave thanks and prayed in the name of the word of the Lord. So this is the one I read before was the Targum Pseudo Jonathan. But the same verse, um, Genesis 6, 16 and 13 in Jerusalem, Targum translated. And Hagar gave thanks and prayed in the name of the word of the Lord who had been manifested to her. Saying, Blessed be thou, Eloha, the living one of all ages, who has looked upon my affliction. Okay. So if we now now we were talking about John before that, but now we're gonna go back to John because we know for a fact from the New Testament who first century Masonic Jews identified as the Word, right? I mean, I'm sure even if you're in your studies, I'm sure by now you know that one of the many, many words for Yeshua is the Word. So it's very interesting that the that, uh, the, the the targum, um, the Jerusalem Targum, has a translator saying that she, you know, she said she thanked the word of the Lord. Okay, because we don't see that too often. So I'm going to go now to John one, and we're going to skip down to. I'm having some trouble today. Oh, almost there. Oh, are you there yet? <laughs> John 1 and 1. So, and it starts off pretty much similar to Genesis. In the beginning. Okay. So John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So we have here the understanding that the Word was the Lord. So one of the most important titles, as I just mentioned, of Christ is Logos or Word. Okay, now in Arabic, I think it was Memra, Okay, but Word. So the idea behind the title embodies God's revelation of Himself to humanity. Okay, He is both the incarnate and the, ins- the pre or the incarnate and the inspired Word, okay. the Word of God, okay, or, or the Word incarnate. So, when you're studying the word of God, or when God or when he came, it's like that's why they said he was the living word, because now he was the word manifested in the flesh. And all that he ever spoke, if you really think about it, was the word. I don't know that he knows any other language, <laughs> but except for the word, there's nothing wrong with that. That's why everybody runs around and says, What would Jesus do? But we're going to go deeper. So, now we're going to go with John 1 and 14. So, in John 1 and 14, it says, And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, okay? Now, my study Bible goes in to say the term incarnation refers here to the miracle of God, the Son, becoming human, yet remaining God, in a sense, okay? Now, we're going to move on further to the next scripture. But before we get to the, rest of the next scripture We're going to uh, No actually we'll just go to it It's Revelation 19 and 11 Now Revelation 19 and 11 says Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse And this is talking about the Messiah now And he who sat on him Was called faithful and true Right Now I just I just said that he was full of, full of grace and truth In verse 14 of John 1 But now it's just basically saying that um was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Okay? So... That's 19. So from Jewish knowledge, um, or, or Jewish knowledge from what we can see from the Targums, they had a, a high-ranking, they had knowledge of a high-ranking spiritual deity going around, known as the Word, or in, in Arab, Arabic Memra, or in Greek, the Logos, okay? And that's something that's seen here in um, the Targums. So now we're going to go to Abraham at Mamra, and we're going to see how the, how the, Jewish text translates or the Old Testament translates to the Old Testament of the Jewish Targums. So now in Genesis 18 and 1 it says the Lord appeared to him, Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamre and he was sitting at the tent in the heat of the day, at the tent store in the heat of the day. So as we can see it says that YHVH The Lord was the one who appeared to Abraham. However, the Jerusalem Targum gives us a further identification as who it was that came to him. So in Genesis 18 and one of the Jerusalem Targums translated by J.W. Etheridge, it says, therefore, was there a word of prophecy from before the Lord unto Abraham, the just and the word of the Lord was revealed to him in the valley of vision. And he sat in the door of the tabernacle, comforting himself from his circumcision in the fervor of strength of day. So the Jerusalem Targum records that the YHVH, or the Lord, who appeared to Abraham after his circumcision was actually the word of the Lord. Okay, So it just seems like they come in interchangeably and there's a lot more you know because it's one thing to just show it once it's another thing like twice and three times but after a while it's almost like irrefutable it's like you can't really deny that there's a pattern or that you can see something there so in Genesis chapter 22 and 1 in the Old Testament it says now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him Abraham and he said here I am Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Okay. Now Targum Pseudo Jonathan in the same verse that I just read further identifies the Elohim or the God who told Abraham to sacrifice his son. So in Genesis 22 and 1 in the Targo Pseudo-Jonathan, you have it read as this. The word of the Lord at once tried Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold me. And he said, Take now thy son, the only one whom thou lovest, Isaac, and go into the land of worship and offer him there a whole burnt offering Upon one of the mountains that I Will tell thee So here in the Targo Pseudo-Jonathan we see That the Elohim or the God Who told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac was The word of the Lord now the reason I keep Mentioning the Targos is because As I mentioned before <clears throat> According to the um, ISBE Which is uh, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia the study of the Targums was of as is of paramount importance because it reflects the, the early Jewish ideas, customs, and interpretation of scripture. Okay. It basically says it um it is relevant or a relevant source for the study of the Hebrew Old Testament, not only because they demonstrate how the text was translated and understood. But also because the Targums preserves remnants of Jewish thought from late antiquity. So this is important. This is something that's very highly re- documented and understood. The people who understood the Targums and sad because while they're Jewish and they don't believe on the Messiah, it's crazy because it's right there for them to see while peace, you know, uh, the other sides of us who was in the other... Religious sex that that took it away from us You know, we have to go piece it together But it's right there in front of their face But yeah, this is why that is important I'm trying to show that in their day This is what it was understood as Into who it was that was speaking To the patriarchs, okay So Again um, I'm gonna see what else there is What else I can I have more scriptures but you know i'm going to take a break and when i come back we're going to discuss more of christ in the old testament i will see you in a little bit after the break okay we're back from break before we continue i just wanted to let you know if you wanted to get in touch with me you can send me an email at who's on the lord's side at reborn.com and i will um get back to you there also I am on Instagram. You can follow me there at the Prisoner of the Lord. And you can just hit the link there for email. If you have your email synced but most of us do, it's 2018. But yeah, so <clears throat> picking up where we left off with Christ in the Old Testament. So there's a lot of reasons why this is important. So if we know that he was always here, you know what I'm saying? And he was always around. As a matter of fact, scripture says, and I'll show you in a little while, that um, he was the firstborn of all the creation of, of all the creatures of all creatures. So, <clears throat> when we think of him. I mean, think about all things in the lies that have been set upon him, such as he was born December 25th, which he was not, you know, and how they try to mimic that with a lot of other pagan gods and their births and, you know, their, their virgin births and all this stuff, which kind of tries to discredit him because they try to give him a time frame of where, of where he starts on, a, on the timeline when all reality has always been here. So when you have John 1 and 1, I like to always read John 1 and 1 because it's so beautiful and, and it's about him. Up until about 18, verse 18. So I'm going to read John 1, verse 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, and it still doesn't, right? There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. And this is a capital L they put here. That all men through him might believe He was not that light Capital L But was sent to bear witness of that light Capital L That there was true light Which lighteth every man that cometh into the world Which is why in another episode I mentioned counterfeit humans Because they don't have that true light They, they didn't enter the light or the world with that light those beings that was born of the, of the um, women and in the in the, in the fallen ones. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his known, and, they, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which are born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, now um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to stop at 14. And leave it there. So as we're going on, I wanted to talk about um, when Jacob wrestled with the angel. And the reason why I keep stressing the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, is because most people already know angel means messenger. So when you say the angel of the Lord, you, some people might even just overlook it to simply mean it to say an angel who, who the Lord sent. But you have to remember, when you say the of anything, you're talking about the, the highest one or the <clears throat> only one that I'm, or a high ranking. So if I say I'm looking for someone, someone is someone, but if you say the one, the one is different. So you can say an angel, an angel, an angel, but if you say the angel, that means something is kind of of importance that you're placing on them. And it seems like every time the angel of the Lord appears in the Bible, there's a lot of importance that he is, you know, yes, they have ones with names, but when he comes in, the angel of the Lord comes in, there's a lot of important things that he comes in to do. Okay. <clears throat> and time and time again, we have Christ coming in the Old Testament. So when we have the angel wrestling with the patriarch, Jacob, in Genesis 32 and 24, I'll read the, I'll read the um, Old Testament version of it. And then I'll read from the Targums, the Targum Pseudo-Jonathan and the Targum O-Kalos, on Kalos, O-N-K-E-L-O-S. So Genesis thirty-two twenty-four says, then Jacob was left alone. And a man, a man. That's the other thing. When he comes, and, and, and the angels aren't come in the form of men, but this is, this is um, Yeshua, in the form of a man. It says, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him, and he said, "Let me go." This is the angel. The angel said, "Let me go, for the day breaks." But he, Jacob, said, "I will not let you go, lest you bless me." So he said, the angel said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God. For you have struggled with God, is what the angel said. And with men, and have prevailed. <clears throat> now, Jacob being obedient to God, how could he have struggled with God? You know, so that's telling. And it says, then Jacob... Acts saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God, Elohim, face to face, and my life is preserved. Now, the Targums give us a better understanding of who this angel was that Jacob wrestled with and why he could say that he had seen God or Elohim face-to-face. <clears throat> Excuse me. Genesis thirty two twenty four And the Targum on Kelosate, and Jacob remained alone, and a man wrestled with him till morning ascended. And he saw that he prevailed not with him, and he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was dislocated in wrestling with him. And he said, Let me go, for the morning ascendeth. And he said, I will not let thee go, unless thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall no longer Jacob. But Israel, for a prince art thou before the Lord and with men, and shall have and hast thou prevailed? And Jacob asked him and said, Show me thy name. And he said, Why dost thou ask thy name? And he blessed him there, and Jacob called the name of that place Pleniel, because he said, I have seen what? The angel of the Lord. Face to face. So if you look at the original Old Testament translation today, it says in Genesis 32 and 24 in the original Bible, it just says, For I have seen God face to face. But in the Targum on Kelos Old Testament, which is um, highly recommended to be used to study the Old Testament, it is translated saying, He says, um, He will call the place. Peniel because I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face so again you have God being interchangeable before the angel of the Lord <clears throat> which is translated to the pre-incarnated Christ what do I have next yeah. so yeah Targum on Kelsen 4 was basically the Elohim who wrestled with Jacob is actually the angel of the Lord and then you have the Targum Pseudo-Jonathan with the same verse that goes a step further and identifies this angel as Michael, which we'll discuss the identity of Michael a little later. But you should know that Michael is another clue or reference that is another term or identity that has been given to the Messiah as well. So let's look at Targum um, <clears throat> Thirty-two. So it says, and Jacob remained alone beyond Jubecca, and an angel contended with him in the likeness of a man, and he said, "Has thou not promised to give the tenth of all that is thine? And behold, thou hast ten sons and one daughter. Nevertheless, thou hast not tied them." Um, let's skip to verse twenty-four. It says Michael answered and said, "Lord of the world is thy lot, and." Excuse me, this is a lot. And on account of these things, he, Michael, remained from God at the torment till the column of the morning. On account of these things, he, Michael, remained from God and the morning until so the column of the morning of these things was ascending. And he saw that he had no power to hurt him. And he touched the hollow of his thigh. So this is Michael fighting with Jacob And it says that he's fighting with him until the morning ascended Michael seeing that he had not power to hurt him touched the hollow of his thigh And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was distorted And his contending with him And he said Let me go For the column of the morning ascended And the hour cometh So what I want to just simply show there. Is that Michael is the name given unto um, this angel Now, <clears throat> Michael simply means one who is like God Okay, that's all the, the name Michael really means It really means one who is like God As a matter of fact, every name in the Bible Daniel, Michael, Ezekiel They all have some kind of a, name, like a meaning to them They're not just regular names That's why it's, you know, when they say when well, you name naming your children Don't just give them the old, any old name Go on with my notes though And then, of course, we have a little bit more clues as to Elohim or the angel of the Lord when Jacob is dying in Genesis 48 and 15. And remember now, um, he blesses Joseph, but at the time he gives the uh, remember, he gives the blessings to Ephraim and Manasseh. OK, so in Genesis 48 and 15, he blesses Joseph and says, God before whom my fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who has led, who has fed me all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, let my name be the name upon them in the name of my fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and let them grow into the multitude in the midst of the earth. So here we have him saying, um, God, but also the angel who redeemed him. So Pretty much he parallels Elohim or the Elohim or God of his grandfathers, grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac with the angel that wrestled with him, which is the angel of the Lord. And then one of the main ones. Now this is the one that people question so much because <clears throat> if you're talking about seeing God face to face, and this is the other thing, just because just because I'm seeing that the God of the Old Testament are going to see, especially when it comes to the Ten Commandments. That's when it really came down to it. When people read scriptures like, um, well, you know, in John that says, well, no man had seen God at any time. And then I shared the two scriptures with you in the first segment from the Messiah himself who said that no man had seen him or heard his voice at any time. Well, then you hear stuff like that. And the first thing you think, well, then who was that on the mountain? You know, who was it that Moses was talking to? You know, that that's when you start to get, not that say it's creepy, but... You know who was there? you know somebody was there, he spoke to somebody, he got the commandment, so that's the so now was the Messiah lying? Of course not, he tells not any lie he doesn't come in his own um in accord or in his own name. he comes in the name of the most high God, the eternal God, you know who was who was only to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So what I'm simply saying is just because we're finding out and we're going to see even now when we examine the Ten Commandments, just because we're finding out that the God of the Old Testament or, you know, it was uh, Yeshua the entire time, it does not mean that he is the God, true one true God and creator. It still means that he's the intermediary and the, inter, you know, like the one that... Um, has been on assignment since the beginning because, as I read in John one and one, the word was um the, in the beginning was the word and word was with God, you know, and it also says and there was not nothing, um made um without the word, you know, you know. So at the end of the day, like he was very much apart from the beginning. So he is seated at the right hand of the Father even now after he have completed the assignment, um dying on the cross or if you want it wasn't a cross but but dying for our sins so to speak, conquering death now, you know, and having the the keys to life and death so to speak so what i'm basically saying is he is still inter he is still a different entity than the father you know what i mean but at the end of the day when he when you talk about who was here who he was talking to it was it was not the one true god and 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 the messiah tells us that himself okay so It just means that it was him. But does that mean that he is God? No, because we have too much scripture in the New Testament that tells you he is not. He tells you himself. So let's just move on to Moses on Mount Sinai and this burning bush. Now you have here in Exodus 3 and 2, it says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see with this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, okay? God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, For he was afraid to look upon God. Okay, now he believed that God was in the midst of this fire. Okay, now the Elohim or God who appeared to Moses is called the angel of the Lord in verse 2. That's what I want to say. So first and foremost, Exodus uh, Exodus 3 and 2, it starts up by saying the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame. Okay, so the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame. But then at the same time, it goes into God. Um, is it later on? So both the old Testament and new Testament shows that the angel here was, um, Y H V H was the Lord or also known as the word of Y H V H or the word of the Lord who basically acted as the primary spokesman for God, the Father, okay? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's the primary spokesman for God, the Father, but not necessarily God, the Father, period, as in the whole overall. That's what we're trying to really get to, okay? And also, it's it's examine him also primarily as, sorry, as um, being in the Old Testament. Now, in the book of Acts, Stephen, during his testimony before the uh, Sahedron Council, Confirms that it was the angel or this angel that spoke to Moses and not God the Father. So now we have, um, Stephen in Acts is going to drop some clues as to why it was that it was, um, Yeshua, uh, the, the angel of the Lord, okay, who came and spoke to Moses and not God, the God, the one true God, creator of all. So in Acts 7 and 30, Stephen says, And when 40 years had passed, this is Stephen, he says, And when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. So Stephen is saying here, after 40 years of him being exiled, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire in a bush. Okay. But in verse 3, In verse Exodus um, chapter 3 Verse 6 It ends by saying And Moses hid his face For he was afraid to look upon the face of God So now in Acts 7 and 35 Again we have Stephen saying This Moses Whom they rejected saying Who made you a ruler and a judge Is the one God Is the one God sent to be ruler And a deliverer By the hand of the angel Who appeared to him in the bush so this is twice that stephen is saying that and then a little later um moses asked the angel in the burnished bush what should he tell the children of israel when they asked him the name of the god that sent them okay so in exodus three fourteen, and god says to moses i am who i am and he said thus shall you say to the children of israel i am has sent me to you so the angel's reply was understood in different ways, but the Jerusalem Targum confirms that this Elohim speaking to Moses was, in fact, the word of the Lord. Okay, and I am in all honesty is not a name. So there is something that there was a scripture that I read. I should find it now. Let me see if I can harp and find it. That pretty much says that um, <clears throat> we we we're not sure of his name. And I was in Revelation. I stumbled across it today. I wish I wrote it down. I mean, I know I wrote it down somewhere, but. Yeah, so here he goes. It's Revelation 19 and 12. Let me run over there real quick so I can read it to you. Because I am is not a name. Revelation 19 and 12. And so when I read this, I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense because we don't know. I mean, we know what it, his name was down here in that form. You have to understand, when he comes, he comes in different forms. Even when he says Michael, he's just Michael, you know? And when he comes as those, those angels, like when he came to visit Lot, and then when he came to visit Abram and Sarah, he didn't even have any, but he came as in a different identity then. You understand? So we really don't know the the truth. I'm sorry, I guess as far as what his name is in heaven. But as far as um, Revelation 19 and 12, the verse says, his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Okay? So there he had a name. There's a name that's written on him that he himself didn't know. And I believe also it says something in the Revelations that that, that, that name will be written on his on us. I'm gonna look that up. Because I know he's definitely going to give you a new name, but I know he's going to seal or something that's going to be like a seal of God's name on the people who who get saved in revelations or the seal of God. So anyway, we're going to get back to what we need to talk about here because that's a little off topic. Let's see. God Elohim. So who I am, who I am. So it says in the word of the Lord. Oh, yeah. So it says um, in Exodus, according to the Jewish Or the Jerusalem Targum, Exodus 3 and 14 reads that instead of it saying, God said to Moses, I am who I am. In the Targums, it says, and the word of the Lord said to Moshe, which is the Hebrew word for Moses, name for Moses. He spoke to the world, be, and it was, and who will speak it. Oh, I'm going to read that again. This is Jerusalem Targums, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And the word of the Lord said to Moshe, He who spoke to the world, be, and it was, and who will speak to it, be, and it will be. And he said, Thus shalt thou speak to the sons of Israel. And it says, Eheh, Hath sent me unto you So while in Exodus 3.14 in Old Testament scripture in the Bible it says God said to Moses I am um, It says that it was the word of The Lord okay so There is just so much That you know but it, it's like even If you wanted to try to cheat it and Cut it you don't you can't cheat God so I know it's like a little lengthy I'm Going to take another break but I'm coming back With more and actually, the last segment to close out um, with this, and I'm going to tie up with Michael and why Michael And uh, is another name given to him or another identity, because he's just been coming. You know, he's been here since the beginning, as he says, um, he said it says, instead of right there in John 1 and 1. So I'll see you a little bit after the break. Again, if you have any questions for me, you can reach me at who's on the Lord's side at reborn.com. See you after the break. All right, we're back from break. And so um, I wanted to discuss Paul and how Paul the Apostle makes mention of the spiritual being who it was that brought the Israelites out of Egypt in the first epistle to the Corinthian church. So we're going to look at and see who he identifies as the one who accompanied the Israelites. Okay. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, Paul states, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that fouled them and that rock was Christ okay so oh, um in this passage you pretty much see Paul urging or, or or encouraging the Corinthians to hold fast to their faith in Christ but he also tells them that their ancestors, the ancient Israelites, were led out of Egypt by the Messiah. So Paul says that those people who were under the spiritual cloud that passed through the parted sea were spiritually fed um, by that spiritual spiritual rock, as he, as he said, that followed them. And he clearly states that this rock was none other than Christ himself. <clears throat> and according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4... Um, The angel of the Lord was the one who later became Yeshua Or the one that we know as the Messiah So we're going to look at some more verses um, Concerning the story of the Israelites' escape from Egypt And we have here Exodus 13, chapter 13, verse 21 And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, and so to go by day and night. Exodus 14, verse 19, Exodus chapter 14, verse 19, excuse me, and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them, okay. So basically, in these verses, we see that the one who shepherded the Israelites out of Egypt is identified. Um, you know, in 13 and 21, though, you can see that he is called um YHVH, which would symbolize Lord or Yahweh or Jehovah, but in Exodus 14 and 19. The same being that is the cloud that's going before the Israelites is called or referred to as the angel of God, you know, and how do we explain this one? How do we explain the discrepancy of these two? Are they two separate entities or are they one and the same? I mean I think the from what we can see, especially in Exodus um thirteen twenty one, it is the same entity referred to as the angel of God in Exodus fourteen and nineteen. Okay, the burning bush encounter um was not the only occasion on which the Lord talked to Moses on behalf of the Most High, or where the Lord um came as a spokesman to speak to Moses on behalf of the Most High. Okay. So when it's time to talk about the Ten Commandments and how they were delivered to the people, the Jerusalem target identifies who the angel was. So First, we're going to talk about what the Old Testament originally says in our book, as far as who it was that gave the Ten Commandments. So in Exodus 19 and 3, it says, And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. But in the Jerusalem Targum, in Exodus 19 and 3, it says, And Moshe went up to seek instruction from before the Lord. And the word of the Lord anticipated him from the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou speak to the men of the house of Jacob, and teach the congregation of the sons of Israel. Again, this is from the Jerusalem Targum, translated by J.W. Um, Etheridge. Okay, Etheridge. Now, It goes on to say in Exodus 19 and 7. Okay, and then I'm going to compare that with Exodus 19 and 7 in the Jerusalem Targum. The original, uh, the one that we have in scripture, because we don't have the Targums. I actually just ordered them. I have them in the digital form that I've been printing out and reading. And all I do is just cross-reference stuff because that's how you just like kind of expand the text or whatever. and Just kind of also open up and see like writings and things that's been written on it. But I've ordered that, and recently I've ordered... I just wrote it down because I wanted to share with you guys what it was that I just ordered. It's like the Encyclopedia of Lost and Forgotten Books with the Apocrypha and the Pseudo-something. I wrote it down somewhere. I can't find it. But I'll give it to you probably in the next segment or before the end of the show. But it says here, so Moses came, this is Exodus 9 and 7, 19 and 7, it says, So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear. When I speak to you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Now, when you have the same verse in the Jerusalem Targums, it goes like this. And Moshe came and called the sages of Israel and set in order before him all these words, which the word of the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together in the fullness of their heart and said all that... The word of the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And Moshe returned the words of the people in prayer before the Lord. And the word of the Lord said to Moshe, Behold, my word, the word of the Lord said to Moshe, Behold, my word will be revealed to thee in the thickness of a cloud that the people may hear while I speak with thee. and may also believe forever in the words of the prophecy of thee. My servant Moshe And Moshe delivered the words of the people In prayer before the Lord of Jerusalem Okay and this is in the Jerusalem Targum So I know like I'm doing A lot of extensive reading and stuff But again it's one thing when somebody I say it all the time you know guys Like it's one thing to say something It's another thing to have resources And to see where it's coming from Are they credible sources As I told you the um, Targums are extremely credible I'll give you the names of them It's the Jerusalem Targum it's the pseudo-Jonathan Targum and it's this it's the Targum on Kalos. O-N-K-E-L-O-S. Now I have those on the way along with the other encyclopedia because I had to get up in my studies as well to come with more um, knowledge as well for you guys. So this is exciting for me. I know one of them is coming tomorrow. I can't wait. <laughs> but let's continue on. Um but yeah, so this is what we keep seeing. I know like it's really like beating it down and stuff but it's something that we just need to just like address. Um Yes, yeah, so I'll try and see where else. So we have that uh, the word of the Lord came. So we have um the entity referred to as the and by the angels the same one as um Elohim, Elohim and the angel or the Lord God and the angels, all interchangeable, which proved that the terms Lord and angel of the Lord were used interchangeably for the same being in the Bible and something that was also understood in times of past, which is another purpose and reason for this. So the Jerusalem Targum um, confirms that the Elohim who spoke to Israel Or the Elohim who spoke to Israel and Moses especially from Mount Sinai was um, the word of the Lord and not to God the Father. So I also wanted, there was another scripture I know I wanted to talk about, which was Exodus 33, verse 18. Let me get to that. Exodus 33, verse 18. Dropping things. 33, verse 18. Yes. So here it is. It says. 33, verse 18. You know what? I think that's the wrong. I think that's the wrong. Scripture here. He said, Let me say, I will make the goodness pass before thee, and I will make thee precious and gracious. Oh, right, 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 right. So this is when Moses wants to see God's presence, right? And he asks to see God's face. So it says, for wherewithin, this is uh, chapter 33 and Exodus verse 16. For wherewithin shall it be known here? Or... Uh, Now, therefore, pray, chapter 33, verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and may consider this nation as thy people. Okay. And he wanted to basically see his face. And the Lord said um, in verse 20 that thou canst not see my face for there shall no man see and live. So in verse 30. 20 of chapter 33 of exodus or exodus chapter 33 and 20 the lord clearly says you cannot see my face and live but then we also so even if you said well he heard his voice nope not really you didn't hear the voice of god because yeshua said when he came and um in the in the verses that i read to you earlier that no man has at any time um seen the father now if you want those scriptures um, by Yeshua that's John 5 and 37 and John 6 and 46 so John 5 and 37 it says and the father himself who sent me has testified of me you have neither heard his voice so even when he said you can't see my face because it'll kill you and that was still his spokesman That was still him being God's spokesman and then he also but he you never heard his voice either because God, um, Yeshua just said it there, and in John six and forty six, He said, "Not that any man hath seen the Father, except He who is from God; He hath seen the Father." Okay, so this is who we have been interacting with, and was been here the entire time, and, and bless Him for that. Okay, and that's who was speaking to the um, Israelites, and that's who was covering them in the cloud. so the angel of the lord who was also called the angel of god's presence um because because he possesses the nature character and authority of god okay which is why you have several verses that say that Christ is in the image of god um Christ is the is the image of the invisible god and the firstborn of every creature so Col- um colossians Chapter 1, verse 15 is where it says that he is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature, okay? And then Hebrews 1 and 3 says that he is the he is the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his persons, okay? And upholding all things by the word of his power. There's many other scriptures that pretty much even says that um, the word of God will be in his name, okay? And then, we, you know, we see that as well. So I'm trying to see what else I can mention. As far as that, but I think that like, we covered it a lot. Okay. So when we talk about the um the word archangel, let's talk about like Michael. So it kind of gets tricky when we talk about Michael, but in Daniel, it says, if, like Okay, so we're talking about if there's another character identified in the Bible as the commander of the holy angels and the protector of the nation of Israel, there's only one, and that's Michael, okay? So in Daniel 12 and 1, it says, At that time, Michael, the greatest prince, the protector of your people, Israel shall rise. There shall be a time of anguish Such as never occurred since the nations first came into existence But at that time your people shall be delivered Everyone who is found written in the book And then Revelation 12 and 7 says Now war rose in heaven Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon Satan and the dragon and his angels fought But they were defeated and were no longer any place for them in heaven Okay. Now, most people believe that Michael is one of several high-ranking archangels. Now, I'll say that again. Many people believe that Michael is one of several high-ranking archangels that serve God. But if you take a look at what the Bible says, I mean, I mean, scripturally, if you look at what the scripture says about the archangels, the term archangel is only found twice in the Bible, and... um. If you look at Jude 9, it says, But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, they're not pronounced it. Okay, now that's one. And then First Thessalonians 4 and 16, For the Lord himself descended from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Okay, with the voice of the archangel. And with a trumpet. Those are only two times that they mention the term archangel. So the word archangel is simply a trans. Okay, it's like, The literal meaning of archangel is to show as someone as a chief messenger to mean mankind, okay? Because the angel is messenger, so you tell about archangel it's like a chief messenger, okay? Now, if you look at John 8 and 26, you see him saying, He who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. That's what I said. His speech, if you think of his speech, it really is neither of his own accord. Anything he says is never of his own feelings. Um, It's not necessarily a program robot because he is what he chooses to be. Everybody has um, free will. But at the same time, it's like the ultimate messenger that you ever had. You know, so he is a messenger and is an angel. Okay, but then you talk about chief angel. Absolutely. You can't deny that. So John 12 and 49 says, Christ said, for I have not spoken of my own authority, but the father who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what i should speak you understand and um we see the lord shall will descend from heaven with a shout so this is the other thing um and thessalonians 4 and 16 the lord was going to descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel. So it really does say that. And and that's, um, if Yeshua is mentioned as an archangel and is the one that's going to be doing the shouting, he's the one that's going to raise the dead. I mean, what archangel has the power to shout? And then with the loud shout, you know, he's going to um, raise the dead. So in John 5 and 25, the Messiah says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the son of god and those who will hear will live okay like you know that's, that's 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 a lot of power so it shows in scripture that yeshua is the only one or it shows that the it shows that only yeshua's voice will initiate the resurrection of the dead which kind of hints at the fact that um He is Michael. Therefore, logic, I guess, leads us to the conclusion that the voice of the archangel in Revelation will belong to Yeshua, which gives a hinting to the fact that not only is he a messenger, which is an angel, but a chief messenger, which even has the power to raise up the dead in the resurrection. And as we saw in the scripture I just mentioned before, uh, Michael is the only archangel angel specifically referenced in the bible now there's other people that there will say that there's multiple like the catholic church but we already know what they do they make several saints and stuff like that but i mean as far as like in scripture that we know of yeah he's the only one especially not just mentioned by name i didn't say the only angel mentioned by name i said the only one that's our chief one there isn't a bunch of them just laying around okay and that's all that i want to say so um I think that's all that I have So basically in conclusion Oh and also I want to say that Michael The Hebrew name of Michael means one who is like God So that's the name that kind of, kind of Fits perfectly with the angel of the Lord You know what I mean? Who has God's name in him Like Exodus, Exodus 23 and 21 says And I'll read that Exodus 23 We Let me find that here Thou shalt, um, 23 and 21, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. My name is in him. And it says, Michael, which literally means one who is like God. Okay? It also fits perfectly with Christ, who has the exact image of God. Okay? Okay? Michael, the one who will appear at the time of trouble at the end. Messiah will also come at the end, you know. And then it says uh, well, somebody will come and raise the dead with their voice. Okay, but the Bible shows that it's the Messiah who will return at the end of the age and rule over the people. But the conclusion is, as we've seen from various translations of the Old Testament and the Jerusalem Targum, The Ankelos Targums and the pseudo Jonathan Targums that the Messiah has had numerous roles in God's plan for mankind, you know, that he has been here from the beginning, acting as the guardian over Israel, you know, even from before they came out of Egypt down to even just inspiring Abraham and Sarah to have faith to believe that they would conceive a child that would later lead to Isaac, that would lead to Jacob, that would lead to the 12 tribes, and so on you know, acted as the guardian of Israel when they came out of Egypt, you know, even traveled with them as a pillar in the day and a pillar, pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire by night. The Messiah was the one who delivered God's words to the Israelites from Mount Sinai. It was him. It was him who protected them in the wilderness and punished them when they sinned. Okay, he was the angel that stood up for God's people when Satan slandered them before the heavenly throne. You know, and um, as I guess you could say the chief commander of Unholy Hosts, he's the one that will battle Satan when he comes back, you know. And we're going to talk about more about the Messiah. We're going to talk about him in like full depth. But I feel like one of the first places and the best places to start is where a lot of people don't start, including the church, which is just to just show you him in the New Testament as one identity, being born as um, only at that time in life. You know, actually just having that one moment in history. When in all actuality, if we go back to John 1 and 1, and I'm going to close out with that, because the whole important thing is understanding who he is as the word, as the Logos. Okay, Very, very important stuff to know. And again, that's not to say that he is the one true God, that he is still just the spokesman. And he says that of himself. Actually, I'll do a part two of this. It won't be uh it will be soon, but not like later, like right after this one, but hopefully by the weekend, if I can. And then the second one is really just going to be um, scriptures with his verses or what, when he's talking in his own accord, saying that, you know, not to do not to do that as to basically... Let's um, us, us call him good And all these other things that everybody was saying And, and most people said but no because he knew We are good and well so again In the beginning John 1 and 1 In the beginning was the word And the word was with God And the word was God The same was in the beginning All things were made by him And without him was not anything made That was made in him was life And the life was the light of men And the light that shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Okay. Logos, the word. Okay. Logos. The word of God. The angel of the Lord. Word. The He always have the in front of it. The word of the Lord. The, the um angel of the Lord. Okay. Archangel is even like the angel or the best angel. And that's the episode for tonight. So thank you all guys for listening. I can't thank you enough for your um support. Again, please bear with me. This is my first time teaching, but I I really do enjoy it and I hope that I am helping somebody, helping somebody do a Google search. Again, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at who's on the lord's side at reborn.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at the prisoner of the lord. I have a lot of like weird little thingy A quirky little post up there, and also you can just click the link there directly if you don't want to type out the entire email address, it'll pop up right there on your phone, and you can send me an email there directly. God bless you. Continue with your studies. I just want you to read, read, read as much as you can and just know that it's a journey, not a destination. So don't be hard on yourself if you're not getting it too much right away. But the most important thing is to just never, ever give up and to pray, pray, pray at all times when you are feeling discouraged. So the Lord and the most high can lead you back because you may find times when you get off track. It happens. This happened to me in my journey. But, um, you know, one thing about him is like, they say he has many sheep, but if he loses even one sheep, you know, he's going to stop what he's doing to go and find his one sheep and lead him back. And he always leads us back because he is that great shepherd of the flock. Okay. And love you all. And I'll see you next time here on who's on the Lord's side.